to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Pym. I'm an erotic writer as well as the producer of the live stage show Bedpost. Here at the Bedpost Podcast, I invite past guests and performers from the stage show to come over to my house and indulge me in a more uh, in-depth sex-positive conversation. So this week, I wanted to have her on the podcast for a while. She is Red Tent Sister and Bedpost Sexpert. Kim Sedgwick, welcome! Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> oh my god, thank you so much for coming. Really, you're the perfect guest, and I've just been waiting for you. <laughs> oh, well, I hope I live up to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. So, by Red Tent Sister, mm-hmm. what do I mean by that? I know. You know, I know true. pretty intimately. But uh, we used to hang out all the time when you had your uh, cafe just down the street. Exactly. Uh, me and Kim uh, and Kim's sister, Amy, mm-hmm. we had storefronts, like, on the Danforths together. We did. <laughs> We'd patron <laughs> each other's stores. So that's how our relationship started. What is Red Ten Sisters? Tell our uh, listeners. Yeah, so Red Ten Sisters is a women's reproductive and health, sexual health store. So yep. we did have a physical store on the Danforth. For about five, five years. years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Almost actually exactly to the day, five years. Yeah. And so we had that. And in the store, when we first opened, we had a little bit of everything. And it kind of confused people because we were selling, like, baby stuff and then dildos. And people were, like, not what? quite making the connection. Well, it is. It fully is all related. But I can it see. It is all related. But I think from an outsider's perspective, not really getting the concept. They were like, I don't really understand how these things are all intertwined. Right. Uh, so the background for all of that is that I did a women's studies degree. Okay. Um, and was going to school in Halifax, and there's a fantastic store there called Venus Envy. I don't know if you know Venus Envy. They also have one in Ottawa. Yeah, okay. And so the professors, because they were wanting to support Venus Envy, would send us there to get our textbooks. So I would go down there to get my textbooks, but then the back half of the store was all the fun, sexy stuff. So I yeah. was like, you know, hanging out back there. Exactly. I'd be like, all right, textbook's done. Now let's go over to the back and check this stuff out. <laughs> and I just thought it was really cool how they combined those two things together, because I think for a lot of people, that was their first introduction into sex toys they wouldn't necessarily have gone to a sex store but because they were going there for something else it was sort of like a natural progression and I just really loved that model and so when I moved back to Toronto uh, I was living with Amy and uh, she very kindly put me up in her basement because women's studies grads there's not like a lot of demand for us (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I didn't have a job and I was living in her basement and Mm -hmm. one night I was talking about this passion for for sexuality and she was really interested in natural birth control and we saw the connection between these two things and we're like, okay, how cool would it be to open a store together? Um, So the idea was really to uh, serve women across the life spectrum. So from first menstruation all the way through to menopause and all the fun stuff that happens in between there. And of course, inspired by the book, The Red Tent. Uh, For those of you who don't know, The Red Tent came out uh, almost 15 years ago now, I think. It's Mm -hmm. been out for quite some time. 
And it's basically looking at the red tent concept, which is where women used to gather. Right. Uh, so they would support one another, usually during menstruation, but also during childbirth and other sort of life passages. Yep. And we just really wanted to recreate that idea. Create that space. Exactly. That space that for women. Physical space. So that was really the idea behind... The actual store. The actual store. was like, we wanted a physical place that women could come and talk to each other about the things we just don't talk about. Because mm-hmm. I always say we live in this like super sex-saturated environment, and yet... Honest, candid conversations about sexuality don't often happen. Exactly. Yeah. What's Amy's education? Yeah. So she's more into the fertility side of it, right? And you're more in the sexuality side of it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So Amy's background is actually as an occupational therapist. So she went to U of T, Mm -hmm. and I think she worked for about five years uh, doing that in sort of a more traditional clinical setting. Right. And then, actually, when I was doing my women's studies degree, I went to a conference out in Edmonton. And one of the presentations was on natural birth control, mm-hmm. which is about the justice method. And at that very same time, Amy had just had her daughter, Matea, mm-hmm. and she was on mat leave, so she was not working outside of the home at that point. And she was looking for a new form of birth control because she'd been on the pill for a really long time, as had I. As had I. Yep. As had most. Most. Most of women yeah, our age. Yeah. Exactly. At yeah. some point, have been on it. Yeah. And she had a horrible breastfeeding experience. So basically what happened is that her midwife... Isn't after, it too much production? Exactly. That's the side effect of So And it's, it's very little known. Like she went to a bunch of breastfeeding clinics. She went to her doctor. She went to all these people. And they couldn't figure out the problem. Because breastfeeding had been totally fine with Matea. And then Amy started this progesterone-only birth control pill. Because mm-hmm. she was thinking of getting uh, the IUD. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the one with progesterone. And so the doctor said, well, why don't we just try you on the progesterone-only pill? See how your body reacts. Because it's a lot easier to stop taking that than it is than to, to take out the IUD. IUD. So she did that. And suddenly Matea was was unable to breastfeed him. She was choking every time she went to breastfeed. And so like, much was coming out. And she, Amy couldn't figure it out because everything had been totally fine. And then the penny sort of dropped. She was like, this happened at exactly the same time. When I think I... these might be related. So she went off of the pill and everything went back to normal. And it was through her own research. So as I said, like most people really? didn't even know this. She went to all these breastfeeding clinics, all these places. No one knew about it. Really? And so yeah, it was, it was sort of self-taught that she figured this out. But now she was like, all right, well, I don't really want to be using condoms. I've been with my husband for a long time. Yeah. We don't have to go back to that. Yeah. So she was trying to find other forms of birth control. And then I found out about this Justice thing at this conference. Which is, can you sum up the Justice yes, method? Yes, the Justice method. Yeah, so... I always like to start off by saying it is very, very different than the rhythm method, Mm -hmm. which I think I mentioned at my post is definitely how my sister was conceived. And I know my mother (laughs) loves that I tell this story. We we actually mentioned this in a McLean's article. So my grandfather gets a subscription to McLean's. And he's like super conservative and was just like, all right, more than I needed to know about my daughter and And, how my granddaughter was conceived. And the joke is, what do you call people that use the rhythm method? Parents. (laughs) Yeah. It's like Russian roulette. It's like, let's hope for the best. Yeah, so the rhythm. So it's different. It's different than that. that. So the the big difference is that the rhythm method basically assumes that a woman's cycle is the same every single month, which of course it's not. Yeah, because women ovulate on a different day for any number of reasons. It can be stress. It can be your diet. It can be travel. It can be any of these things. Exercise. Anything can throw it off. But we don't get taught that. We assume most women think, oh, on day fourteen, I'm going to ovulate. I'll do some, you know, counting with the calendar and figure out when. 
I think that I can get pregnant or not get pregnant. And so that's what the rhythm method is. But the justice method, which is what Amy learned and now teaches, is looking at your current cycle to say, based on my current signs of fertility, could I get pregnant? So those current signs are your cervical mucus and your temperature. Um, Mm. And those two things are an incredibly, incredibly accurate indication of whether or not you can conceive. Mm -hmm. Um, And when done properly, it's actually over 99% effective. So as effective as the pill. So is that what Amy would do? She actually used to use my cafe a bit to meet with women. I knew it was obviously fertility stuff um, because I knew who Amy was. And like they have got the calendar out and all that. Is that what she's working on? That was what she was doing, which was really hilarious because she's like, these women are working with their cervical mucus in a cafe. And she's like, China, no way. Oh, but it's my cafe. And I remember having that very conversation. I was like, but it's Erin's cafe. She'll be down with that. (laughs) Totally. Oh my God, 100%. I love it. Um, so, okay, so I feel like you two grew up in a super sex positive We did, household. even to the extent that, like, our <clears throat> grandfather was actually going to go into, um, become, like, a priest, like, he's that religious. Okay. And yet, even he has got on board, which I think <sighs> is just, like, unbelievable. It's really, really impressive. Interesting, the only thing he has a problem with us selling is porn, which I think yeah. is just, like, a bit too much of a stretch for him. But sure. I'm like, you know what? If all the things to have, like, a bit of an issue with, I, I can understand I can that. understand that. Um, Even though the porn you sell is, is very different. And, we've very had, and this is the other cool thing is that he's all about having the conversation. Great. And he is totally respectful of different positions as long as you can it's defend just, them. It's just And it's just agree to disagree. Exactly. But what's cool is, like, at, you know, the Christmas dinner table, we had a conversation about what feminist porn was. Really? And by the end, he was like I still don't like that you do it but at least I understand and I was like how cool is that that my like he's almost 90 I think he was 88 at that point like 88 year old grandfather who grew up in Britain and like super religious family is able to have a conversation about feminist porn I feel beyond fortunate because I even I went to your storefront closing party Mm -hmm. and you had a lot of family members there and some of them spoke and I was just so impressed like even your stepfather you know had great words about stuff that he learned from you and Amy about sex and I was like wow this is a real open conversation yeah we really amazing it's been so incredible so yeah so our our stepdad was at the closing party our father lives in Nova Scotia now he flew down for our opening party he wrote a song and like performed and there's a great photo of us all like <gasps> dancing at the end so yeah our dad's been super supportive our stepdad my mom I mean I would start crying if I told you all the ways that she has supported us she's yeah. just like she basically told me the other day that like this she, I've, I've lived out her dream and that like if, if she dies knowing that Red Ten Sisters is in existence that's then enough she's and, yeah. good to go as I said I'm gonna get all choked up and, yeah, so and I've met your mom too and I love her. she's yeah, lovely she's lovely so sweet. I know her from Tea Tree yeah no she's <laughs> like going over there so was she involved in like the uh, idea and the brainchild of the storefront? Yes. Because you said her dream, so did she, well, she have an like, interest in the well, area? Well, she, she totally has an interest in the area, and I think that um, she just loved the idea of, of creating these safe spaces, and I mean, she does it in a very different way in that she works for Instant Co-op, which is a non-profit housing organization. Okay. Um, so sort of her passions are around making sure that there's affordable housing for people, and then around uh, women's health and empowerment. I mean, she gave me her well-loved copy of Our Bodies Ourselves. She was one of demonstrations and stuff awesome. and all that that's um, a feminist staple yeah i know and i have her copy which is so cool is that hers is like an inch thick and mine's like a but it's huge because it's been it's yeah, been updated, updated so, many so many times, times. yeah 
which yeah, is great. Which is amazing. Um, so yeah, so certainly she was she was a huge part of the beginning, and then she's worked in our store. I yes. love it that like I she's know. super sex positive, but also quite shy about these things. Okay. Like she she's totally happy for us to talk about it, but yeah. she gets a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. And I have this distinct memory, bless her heart, I was going on a date with someone and we went and had this overnight date in Niagara Falls. How old were you at the time? Um so this was after the store had like been open for about two years, maybe. Okay. So I was probably like late twenties. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and we had no one, we had no staff at that point. And I, this guy had like booked it all and then was like, hey, whiskey, you I'm like, except I have a I business. Except I own a business. Yeah, <laughs> this is like this small problem. And so my mom is like, I'll do it for you, sweetie. Oh my God. So I like trained her on everything and we get to the butt plugs and she was just like, <laughs> okay, this is how much I love you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, the day that I'm gone, that's the day when like all these customers come in and everyone wants to butt plug buttons. So, oh my God. yeah, and I actually ran into one of the customers the other, um, like after I came back, because they were a regular, which is one of the cool things about having a store on the day and forth is I'd like run totally. into customers all the time. And they were like, so your mom was pretty great. Not I, bought quite, a, I bought a butt plug from I your mom. I bought a butt plug from her. Not quite <laughs> as comfortable as you talking, but I can see where you get it from. Because yeah. I know people often say, you are so comfortable selling sex toys. It's like you're selling a toothbrush. That was the right? best compliment that I've ever been given. Yeah. And that was, yeah, from a woman who I'm guessing was in her like 70s or 80s. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's just that I've been talking about it for so long that for me, it does just feel like any other object. Any other, yeah. Yeah. Part of your life. Yeah. Um, okay, so when you grew up, so mm. did your mom have talks with you, sex talks, or your dad, or... I don't remember there ever being, like, a specific talk. It was yeah. very much an ongoing dialogue, which is what Perfect. we always sort of suggest when people come to ask for advice about Perfect. how to... Talk to their of, kids. How to talk to their kids, how to ha- create a sex-positive environment. And for me, it's really about not not having a talk. It's about having that ongoing conversation. So talk. I feel like so she... So she did do that. She totally did that, and... Uh, so and do I, you remember the kinds of things you spoke about? when you were kind of an adolescent or yeah I mean or, I, or what types of problems maybe you would bring to her yeah so even questions. things like I remember the first time I read about a blowjob in a book and I was like so mom what's this about oh yeah and I asked her like at the dinner table oh and yeah she was like okay let's just chat about this so I feel like she just created that environment where I was never scared to ask about anything so right. I don't even remember any particular things in the sense that I feel like she never made it seem like it was a big deal it was Great. just kind of like I could ask anything and I remember, like, friends would come to me, um, you know, because my mama had talked to me about birth control at, like, a pretty young age. Yeah. More just like, you need to know about this, and when it comes time, let me know. And, and we'll and talk about we'll more talk then. More, and we'll make a decision and all of that. And the number of my friends never had that conversation. So I remember going to the Bay Street for birth control with some of my friends and, like, sitting with them and trying to help them decide what to use. Because, like... I even back then. Even back then, which is why I always say, like, I feel like it's a really organic process that, like, I just did that because it just seemed like the thing you do. Your friend needs help and you go. In wow. the same that your friend needs some advice on a dress to wear, you go advise her on that. Like, that's, yeah. I guess, how I was raised that I didn't see them as so different. Did you and your sister have talks, ongoing talks as well? Did you talk about... You know, the things that were happening to you? Because she's a couple years your senior. She's actually, yeah, she's much younger. She's uh, almost six years older than I am. Okay, yeah, yeah. So when you're young, that's quite... So did she... Yeah. Was she ever, like, a mentor or anything? Oh, totally. Like yeah, yeah. And I, I always really looked up to her. And I yeah. think that was one of the things that was kind of interesting when we opened this business. Yeah. We had that dynamic of, like, she's my oldest Big sister. Big sister. <laughs> but now we're business partners. So we're trying to navigate that relationship. Um, but no, certainly, yeah, I would ask Amy a lot of stuff. And I remember watching the Sunday Night Sex Show with her and see yeah. Johansson. Yes, to meet oh my god I was total like oh. one of those fan moments where I was like can I go and talk to her oh my god we were, on, we were uh, shooting this uh, Rogers TV show 
and uh, she was on a different segment than I was, but yeah. we were like waiting in the hallway, and, and she was right down there. down the hall a little ways talking to someone else, and I like worked up the nerve to go and talk to her, and I got a photo with her. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, I love her. Anyway, oh. so yeah, so certainly watched that with Amy, and I remember I was reading like Dan Savage, and, oh yeah, like, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was a big Dan Savage listener and reader yeah. when I was young, especially. <laughs> so that was one of the only ways you had access to like kink and really Any alter- alternative sexuality. Well, even just sexuality in general. Like, I mean, this is, I feel like this is dating me. Like, I remember getting the internet and yeah. dial up and all oh, that. Oh, yeah, me too. There was one computer. And at one point, I have step-siblings. There was, like, eight of us living together. And I was like, wow. we have to take turns on the computer. It's not the way that it is now where it's so accessible. It's so accessible. So I feel like, again, getting back to, like, my friends asking me, it was, like, not necessarily that I always had the answers, but I had the books at home. Like, I had a copy of Lou Paget's orgasm book and, like, yeah. all that stuff. And if you didn't want to go to the library, I don't even know if they had those. No, books they wouldn't have. Library. They wouldn't have. It's not like you could just Google this stuff. Or lovely stores like the Red Tent Sisters, where yeah. you could go and have these resources, things yeah. like that. So Red Tent Sisters, now you mm. don't have the storefront anymore. We don't. So now what do you offer? Yeah, so we moved online for a few reasons. So one was um, just logistics that Amy's husband's in academia, so they're moving all the time. They were just in Oxford, now they're living in Boston. Um, whenever I've been trying to book her as a sex bird, I tell I you. know, she's it's a hard, hard woman. Hard woman to pin down. <laughs> she is, <laughs> so to speak. Anyway, um, yeah, so part of it was logistics of, of that, and as I mentioned, like just getting staff was really tricky. Yeah. Um, so there was that, but then the other thing is I always joke that I'm actually a terrible salesperson oh. because people would come in and I would spend an hour telling them like actually I don't think you need this sex toy you actually need to have a conversation with your partner about what you like and what you don't like before beforehand and uh and maybe you don't need this lube you just need a little bit more warm-up and to be more into it and all that sort of thing so um so it was never about the products it was never the products and I feel like the products were just like an entry point for people to start get in the store and start the conversation exactly so for instance like lube was one of the biggest things that people come in and certainly I'm a huge lube fan oh yeah I don't don't lube shame no no we're not we're not leaving shaming and I I think lube is fabulous in all kinds of scenarios but there were some scenarios where like what people thought they needed wasn't what they actually needed insofar as it was that that we needed to have a conversation Um, and we didn't actually need to fix it with a physical product, a physical thing. Yeah. And so that's not, that's great, except when you have a business where you've got, you know, gotta sell things. You gotta sell things because, you know, there's oh, that whole so like funny. rent business where they want money for oh, the yeah. space, which is really annoying. Yeah. So, so a big part of it was that I essentially was doing informal counseling. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Which I loved. And then I hated the part where if they were going to buy something, it was like, then it turned then into they... this other interaction where we've got to go to the cash register and money and all that felt really weird to me. Yeah. And just not congruent with what I'm really passionate about, which right. is just having those conversations. With yeah, because the most memorable part of your closing party, I would say, is all the stories you had that didn't involve didn't involve any sales of any type. It was like some mm-hmm. a woman came in to take a pregnancy test because she yeah. was afraid to do it by herself. Like an older lady was coming in to ask kind of about sex and maybe buy a vibrator, if I remember correctly, for the first time. Well, you've got an incredible memory. Oh, it had a huge impact on me. It really did, yeah. So stories like that were more what you took away from the experience of having the storefront. Yeah, and it's it's interesting you brought up the one about the pregnancy because I feel like one of the other things that doesn't get talked about is things like miscarriage. Yeah. And we had women come in who sometimes would just come in and just they needed to cry and they needed a place to do that. And because we sold pregnancy tests, a lot of women would come in to buy those and we would develop a rapport. Yeah. Um, And as you said, when they come to buy a product, they're not just buying it, paying it, and leaving. Exactly. They're having a whole conversation about it. They're there for hours. They're there for hours. 
Yeah, there's this hanging out women who come in and breastfeed because they were like, I remember there was really? a woman who um, was a frequent customer. Like, she like, would buy stuff, but sometimes she would just be out and about and it was cold out and she just needed to, like, pop in with her kids and, and sit down and breastfeed and get, get out of the cold or whatever. And so, and oh. we did have chairs and that was very much, it, we wanted to create that environment when people felt like they could hang out. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was really the model that we wanted. And then the other thing that we realized that was that we would have emails from people being like, I wish this existed in my community. Yeah. And I think we're really fortunate in Toronto that we do have amazing sex Yeah, we've got, stores. and women's sexuality health exactly like, come, know, as you are, come as you are good, good for, for her, her. And, yeah. yeah yeah so there's a lot of great places like that and then there's lots of communities who aren't being served and we're like okay so with the how internet, can we how access can we access those people and how can we do more of what we love which is the blogging is, and the podcasting and the talking yeah. to people yes and yeah. having those conversations so that's more the direction that we're going we do still have an online store where we um for products for products so yeah. it's, it's called ecosax and that's mostly people who are former customers of ours yeah who, that still want to support you exactly. and buy toys from you from us specifically which, which I've done cool. as well we've Aww, gotten two you. toys online Aww. since we went online yeah yeah amazing thank you so now you do do you do classes you do seminar type things what kind yeah. of things do you personally do for Red Tent Sisters so personally now? what I do uh, so I have an on- online course called Confidence Building Secrets for Pleasuring Him and then there's a companion for her so right now we just have the two and uh, very much heterosexual focus yeah. um, but the him and her components and mm-hmm. so that's what we're working on right now is sort of revamping some of that content in time for Valentine's which of course yes yes, yes 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 so are you offering anything special for this Valentine's or we, products or well every year we do 50% off that sale so it makes it a little bit more affordable nice as a present and it's a it's a six-week course and it's basically based on what I used to teach in the storefront because I mm-hmm. used to teach rock his world and rock her world in the store yep and then we uh, moved that uh, course online and what I really loved about it is I feel like it encapsulates a lot of what I wish that I had got yes which is that it's all one good to be like confidence is the most important and it is but it's really hard to feel confident when you haven't actually been told what to do yeah you when you don't know what you're when doing you're, and I always say that like you know you wouldn't expect someone to know how to drive a car without having a lesson right? let alone feel confident about let it let alone feel confident <laughs> about it and so what I feel like it does is it provides just some of that like base information that I wish I had learned and then we talk about how do you incorporate that and then figure out what your particular partner likes so how do you ask for feedback in a way that feels comfortable because I think that a lot of times we're so nervous about upsetting our partner so we don't tell them what we like or don't like yeah so it's not just giving them the tools but it's then it's like okay how can you personalize those for your particular relationship and your particular interest you and yeah. your partner right okay great on that note we're gonna take a quick break right. but we'll be right back with Ms. Kimberly Sedgwick well folks I'm recording this on a Friday which means that two exciting things are happening for me Number one is that I get to release an all-new episode of the Bedpost podcast. But secondly, today is the day that I head down to the Social Capital Theatre to check out Friday Sketch Live, the comedy show in which a totally hilarious cast write an entirely new sketch show every single week. It starts at 10 o'clock every Friday, but I have to tell you that's not the only show happening at the Social Capital, and it's not even the only show happening at the Social Capital tonight. No matter what day of the week you're listening to this podcast, there is a live show being staged this evening. Find out which one you're going to go see at SoCap.ca or Facebook.com slash TheSoCap. All 
Alrighty, we are back with Kim Sedgwick from Red Tent Sisters. I've got a couple questions for you. All right, bring it on. Um, I'm curious, what are your favorite topics to speak on, to lecture on? Mm. I know you just did a uh, set on not non-hormonal birth control at Bedpost. I did. The last Bedpost. Yeah. So that one's really interesting because, I mean, that's more Amy's area of expertise, is yes. what I was trying to say. And actually, because I, I did try to book Amy for something you like did. that, yeah. and then Amy was like, Kim can do that. And I'm like, great. All right. So, I mean, her, that, that's her area of expertise and that she's done a ton of training. She did a, a three-year intensive program in order to teach women how to chart their cycles really, really accurately. Wow. But as sort of an overall concept, that is something I can talk about. And it's something I'm really passionate about because I was on the pill for, gosh, almost a decade, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and it wreaked havoc on me. I mean, yeah. I was put on it and then very shortly after that was put on a, a antidepressant. Yeah. And the more I read about it, I'm like, there's a connection between those Huge two connection things. between mood yeah. yeah and also libido which i always find yeah. kind of ironic it's like okay you're on this thing so you can have more sex and not have to worry about it but yeah. it actually lowers your libido yeah, yeah. I always, yeah i always think that the reason birth control pill works is because it lowers your libido. yeah exactly well if you're not having sex <laughs> then there you, go, you don't have a problem right so yeah. okay so what what do you prefer then to to speak on what are your favorite topics yeah so i mean my favorite thing is a concept that i actually learned about through um a writer named ian kerner who wrote a great book called she comes first mm-hmm. Fabulous name for a book. Awesome. Um, and his whole concept is so looking mostly at heterosexual couples mm-hmm. that there's this assumption that if you're having sex that you're going to have intercourse. Like when most yeah. people say I'm having sex with my partner, they think that you're having intercourse. Mm-hmm. And so he talks about how can we change this narrative so that there's no longer that assumption that that's sort of the mm-hmm. main event and that these other things like oral sex and manual stimulation and other kinds oral of like, sex. Yeah. So that we need to make those all sex and all in and of themselves in an activity and not the precursor to something to, else. To intercourse. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And um, that's about, yeah, about homosexual couples that they do have that talk usually because that yeah. isn't always the end game. So that yeah. conversation, it kind of forces them to have that, that conversation, right? Yeah. So heterosexuals, a lot of times, it's just granted, and they rarely do have that conversation. Yeah, right? I mean, Dan Savage says that the reason people have better sex when they're homosexual is because they're forced to have the question to, yeah. of, like, what are you into, Yeah, right? I don't do this, yeah. necessarily. So you start the conversation with that, and I feel like most people who are heterosexual, this is a question of, like, do you want to have sex? Yes, that's the end. Like, that's yeah. the only conversation you have, right. rather than getting into the details. Right. Um, so that's one of the things I'm really passionate about, is what he calls um, turning foreplay into court play. Is, Great. is the, the term that he uses. And so, Great. yeah, that's one of my passions is I think the most women, myself included, yeah. that, you know, intercourse is great, but it's not necessarily the thing that's most likely to get me off. And same that's not me. always the goal. Yeah, um, there's lots and lots of reasons why you might be having sex with your partner um, and certain types of sex. Um, but in terms of orgasm, there's other things that are more likely to get me off. And so I'm really passionate about like sort of dispelling that myth. Yeah. Um, also because the number of women who come into my store and it broke my heart, the women thought that there was something wrong with them. When they came. And orgasm, orgasm during like, penetration. Well, and it makes sense because you look at movies and like they're having, you know, and missionary oh and porn and all this stuff. After a few minutes, they miraculously come at the exact oh, yeah. same minute. Oh, yeah. It's just setting up this completely unrealistic ideal. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it's really detrimental to people because it makes them worry that there's something wrong with them. Because the percentage on that is super, super yeah, they, low. They, Do you know what they kind they of exact that it's data? around 70% of women need some kind of clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm. So right. you could 
have clitoral stimulation during. Well, but again, even that, like I've had tons of sex with partners where I had to be like, hey, by the way, this is not enough. Like we've got to have some other things going on here. Right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't know that. And again, just assume that penetration on its own is going to be enough. And it's not for most women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what have you been speaking about lately? Not at Bedpost, maybe other yeah. places. And, and where? Where where do you speak? Where do you... All kinds of different places. I mean, we were just at the Institute for Holistic Nutrition doing a talk there. I do talks for moms groups, um, yeah. which is kind of interesting because I'm not a mom myself. But, yes, uh, yeah. I spent Amy's a, the mom. Amy's the mom. Um, but I, you know, I lived with Amy when Matea, her daughter, was born, spent a lot of time with her. And then I've also In her just, basement. In her basement, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then also just through the store that women would come in talking to me and, like, share very intimate details about some of the problems they were experiencing. And yeah. so I feel like I've been able to learn through them. What kind of things we talk about in mom groups? Um, so when it comes to mom groups, I mean, I think one of the biggest things is that, you know, they just don't feel like they have the time, right? Right. So there's the logistical thing, but I feel like a lot of that has to do with prioritization, right? And right. that we don't necessarily prioritize sex. We say relationship is important to us, but then what are you actually doing to make that happen? Yeah. Um, and I think that the women, particularly when they become moms, have a really hard time putting themselves first. Yeah, for sure. And so sometimes I say things like, you know, we have this super mom persona that you're supposed to have, you know, all these things for your kids, plus have the the home looking great and the meal all ready to go and all that. I'm like, sometimes maybe you just need to have some takeout and leave the dishes. (laughs) And go have have sex. And go have sex. (laughs) And I feel like that, like just giving them permission and being like, that's okay. Yeah. You you know, and it's important to to prioritize your relationship. That that, if you're saying that's important, also to schedule it. And I think that's another big thing that I talk a lot about is I hate that we have this idea idea that like scheduling sex or scheduling time with their partner is somehow less sexy or or even yeah even just in general scheduling time for yourself time for yourself yeah, yeah. is like unheard of is unheard. no schedule it like you would schedule this appointment with whomever yeah. schedule you know this yeah, half put hour it on the calendar this hour and make put it, it in your date book yeah yeah this is the me time or this is partner time yeah Sexy time. Sexy time. Yeah. I had a guest recently that when I was like, oh, sex is top five for sure in my Mm, life. And he's like, really? And I was like, do you know? First of all, do you know me? Do you know me? Like a (laughs) lot of my career. you to all of my podcasts? (laughs) (laughs) But also just in general. I'm like, yes. Yeah. 100% top five. Um I just have a question that says, do you ever get tired of sex? And then it says, me neither. I didn't even wait for your answer. Um, Okay, I haven't actually talked to you about monogamy, but the only, like, soundbite I have from you is, like, somebody asked a question about it, and you're like, don't get me started, and then you moved on to something else. What what is dating like for you? What do you... Yeah, what is dating like? Well, what's really interesting, I actually haven't dated for the last year, which was a very... At all? At all. Okay. It's very much a conscious decision. Yeah. I have... And I remember, actually, you mentioned this on one of your podcasts that is sort of similar, like, I've been serial monogamous, like, I've basically gone yeah. from like one relationship to another yes um since i was like 14 15 yeah, me too i don't think i've been single for more than like a few months yeah. in between any of those relationships and i was realizing that i've dated some amazing people and learned a lot from all of them and i think that that they've all really helped me grow as a person and at the same time i have a tendency to take on the persona of the person that I'm with. Okay. Um, so I have a really hard time like maintaining my sense of boundaries and what I'm really into when I'm with someone else that I like maybe look up to. I'm like, oh, I want to be like that, but is that actually who I am? And right. so I felt it was really important for and me. And in bed as well? And in bed as well. For instance, like I've, I've dated people who are into like 
things that are kinkier than I'm into. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm really, really I'm into, into this. That. Yeah. And then when we break up, I'm like, I actually was not. I so wasn't into, really. <laughs> I don't really need that as much as I thought that I did based on this relationship. So right. I felt like I really needed to take that conscious time to be like, what do I actually like? Yeah. How do I, you know, I hadn't even, I masturbate when I'm with partners, but certainly not as much as when I'm by myself. Me too. And so Me too. there was something about having a year of like, all right, Kim, Just, this is time for you to learn about yourself again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. When I'm with a partner, very similarly to you, perhaps, um, yeah. I like to kind of save the orgasms for when you're having partnered sex. Yeah. Uh, and because I don't know, I feel like maybe they're bigger or I might have, I, I think this is a myth though, that mm. I might have trouble orgasming with the partner if I masturbate too much. Right. Which is true and isn't true. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, at the exact same time. Like, mm-hmm. if I've done it earlier that day, then perhaps no. But I can, yeah. if I've done it day before, yeah, I can. <laughs> I, I think another one in, yeah. <laughs> I think I can handle it. Yeah, so it's kind of a myth there. Yeah. Um, when you are kind of dating, mm-hmm. do people, like, know what you do and ex- do they expect you to like... So what's really funny is when I was um, online dating with OK Cupid, when I yeah. first had my profile, I mentioned something about Red Tent Sisters. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I noticed that people... So people are Googling you, for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, <laughs> and so like the dates were very different because I think they had all these preconceived ideas. And I think people expect me, A, to be into kinkier things than maybe I am into. Right. Um, or just, yeah, in general, just have these different ideas. Or, and some guys, I think, were intimidated. Like I certainly had some yes. guys who had performance issues that... I think we're very much related to like anxiety. Yeah. Um, and so I, I took that off of the profile and yeah. certainly still mentioned it, obviously. At some point, they're going to figure out what it is I do for, sure. for a living. For sure. Um, but let, and let them meet you first. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's such a big part of my identity and my life. I mean, that's why I spend most of my time doing, even yeah. if I'm not actually actively working, I'm reading about sex or I'm, you know, talking to friends about it or whatever. Me too. It's a huge Me too. part of my life. Me too. Yeah. Um, but I felt like maybe it didn't need to be in the profile. Maybe you could, like, <laughs> have that first date first. <laughs> yeah, it could be second date. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, well. Well, I'm sure you have because you're a person, but, <laughs> but I just mean with, with what you do, have you ever hit any sexual roadblocks or, or any moments where maybe a partner taught you something and kind of put, you know, the train on the different track for you about yeah. a certain thing or a certain issue? Oh, yeah. And I've certainly learned tons from my partners. I mean, I think there's been one of my biggest teachers. I mean, um, everybody's always learning. Everyone's always learning. Yeah. That's true. Um, so certainly in terms of like kink stuff, that's not something I had a lot of experience with. Yeah. Um, and then I dated a partner who was really into that. And so we went to like a bunch of Northbound events and all of that. Which is cool. Which is super cool. And I'm really glad I did it. I'm yeah. not sure that I will go again, although you never say never. Yeah, never. Will happen. <laughs> um, but I think actually probably what's really interesting is we are so much better at giving advice than taking our own, right? Yes. And I'm yeah. all about communication and I teach entire workshops about it and then I'm perhaps not the best at it oh, myself. Oh, me too. <laughs> I'm such I, an advocate for communication, but yeah. it's hard. Like for even something as simple as like I go on and on about asking what you're into, which is what yes. we were just talking about earlier. And yet sometimes I've had partners who are like, all right, Kim, what are you into? And I'm like, oh, everything. I don't know. know. No feedback. Just keep doing what you're doing. Like, that's not helpful. What am I doing? And I had a partner totally call me on it. And I was like, oh, "Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm totally not doing what I say to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was a huge moment to be, because it was one of those things, like, I kind of knew that about myself. But to Mm -hmm. have him, like, actively call me on it, I was like, oh, all right. I got it. Noted. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
No shaking. And you know, we always call it like the self work, the things we're always trying to like work on ourselves. Like, I'll add it to the list of self work. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that would be probably the biggest one was, was calling me on that. And they also had a partner who asked me like what I liked. And I, I told them what I liked in the way that it was going to be the fastest and like the most efficient. Um, because I think like a lot of women, I worried that like, they're going to get bored going down on me for like an hour. So I was like, okay, if you do these other things, it'll go a lot faster. And he was yeah. like, well, why would I want it to go faster? <laughs> he was like, then we're just going to have more fun the longer it takes. And I was like, all right. All also right. noted. Good one. Good, <laughs> one. Like, Good one. Good point. <laughs> I know this when I talk to clients and then somehow still, but I think that's what most people do, right? Like the, a lot of people's work, the reason they got into it is they realize that something is they, they were having to... problems with it. Yeah. 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 And totally. I think that a lot of the things I'm passionate about is specifically again with women who have a hard time asking for what they want because they don't feel like they're deserving. And I yes. think that I grew up in a very like, despite all this sex positivity, mm-hmm. this nice girl persona that I always wanted to please other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays out in sex is that I'm so quick to want to just do whatever works for other people, mm-hmm. which gets back to the whole dating thing of why I felt like I needed a year of like, all right, Kim, when you're not pleasing everyone else, what are you doing? What what am I doing? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so when you say serial monogamy, it was always just monogamous. Did yeah, you, or so, did you have you explored polyamory in your? I have. So the reason why or? don't get me started. Yeah, is that yeah. I've, I've read so much about it. Yeah. And I'm so fascinated and I want to try it. And yet I feel like I just, I would get so stressed out because I put so much energy into my relationships. Into relationships, yeah. Um, whether it's romantic relationships or friendships. I have like a handful of friends that I talk to every single day. Like we are so emotionally connected. Yeah. The idea of being that emotionally connected with to multiple, multiple partners. Like I love it in theory. And I yeah. just think I would actually, I would shut down. I'd be like, I don't know. It would be like a full time job. So yeah, that's where, yeah, the where would the Kim time yeah, be then? Exactly. Oh my God. I can barely handle one partner. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm really, really fascinated by it. And I, especially from the perspective of, I think that there's still a lot of shame around that and a lot of, um, sure. negativity and misunderstandings. And so it's something that I would love to explore so I could personally have experienced it right again, because I really love with my clients to have had those experiences myself. So I can speak from personal Yeah. Before experience. you talk about, before something. I talk about something. Yeah. So I would love to experience that. And yet I'm just terrified, which is, yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like I'm, I, I feel like we probably have similar personalities. I think in that we way might. Then. Yeah. 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 We're like super driven and super focused and like just yeah. energy and like, right yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Oh, uh, do you have, speaking about products and how you're not really about products, <laughs> but do you use toys? I'm oh, just, can oh, only I do. assume. <laughs> what's like your favorite toy? And also oh, like what's, what's probably the most popular toy? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my favorite toy is the Hitachi Magic Wand. I was going to say that because I, because yeah. I also have written here, um, you have a story about, I think you spoke about masturbating at one of the bedpost events mm-hmm. and you kind of said how important it was to kind of mix it up you know even yeah. if it's the one vibe put on a different setting sometimes yeah or, you know in a slightly different area or work up to don't always just go like watch the same video same setting yeah put it in the exact same spot like don't do that every time you yeah kind of advised against it and you spoke about the hitachi so I that yeah. so that indeed is well I, I love that i actually got a partner to like rearrange his bedroom because the outlet <laughs> was close enough and i was like this isn't gonna work for me gonna work for- if you want to date me you gotta rearrange the bed and he was like all right that's so it's all an I old school plug-in hitachi. so i have i actually have all three 
Okay, I've got, what are the three so versions? So there, there is the old school, and they actually took the Hitachi out of the name, because I guess Hitachi doesn't want to be associated with sex toys anymore, which I think is kind of weird. So now it's the they're original, like the, I think is they're calling it, the original magic wand, which is so that's silly. That's so weird. They're, they're it's like always the most, going to be my Hitachi. Yeah. They're like the most popular brand, I feel like. They're through probably like Sex in the City. Probably. And they use a lot of Hitachi, so everybody just knows the phrase, Hitachi magic yes. wand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sex in the City also popularized the rabbit. Yes, the rabbit. Yeah, yeah right, right. Which... So the rabbit is the one that's an internal and external stimulation at the same time. So okay. there's like a shaft that rotates, and there's usually beads as well, and that's got like the little bunny ears. Okay. For, so, the, for clitoral stimulation. So the bunny part is the clitoral, exactly. is the external stimulation. Yeah. Such so okay. the first toy that I ever got, my partner bought it for me when I was, I don't know, like 16 or something really? like that. Really? But he got one of the knockoff ones that had all these like flashing lights and had <laughs> one of those weird animal heads. He totally freaked me out. I was like, really good sentiment, so sweet that you want me to masturbate, and you want me to get, because he's like this is for you just for you and I was like total heart in the right place also creeps me out never gonna use it I'm pretty also, sure what I, just, the fuck is this? I just left it in my bedside drawer I don't think it ever got used no never so oh, sad the poor little vibrator oh yeah but the Hitachi anyway yeah so the Hitachi so I have the, the plug-in one mm-hmm. then there's also the mystic wand which What's is that? the battery operated like more compact version it's okay. great for you know camping or other places where you don't have the outlet or if you have a partner that's not willing to rearrange your bedroom <laughs> then perhaps then perhaps the mystic <laughs> wand not quite as powerful but good also the um the mystic wand one has a um, silicone head on it, which is mm-hmm. good for people with allergies because the uh, plug-in one has the uh, latex head on it. Oh, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then they just came out, I guess it was sometime last year, with the rechargeable cordless. Finally. Yeah. Like, like that, come uh, on. It also has more settings because I always said like the old one had high and higher. Like, there's no, there's no <laughs> there's low no setting. Lower which is part of the whole thing with like mixing that because I would, even the low setting is so high. It's and hot. I, would, I could literally get off in like less than 20 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And if like, you had all this stimulating everything's things in set the right up. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's computer like, there. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah then like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is, you know, great and efficient but not necessarily, but, yeah, what you want What you time. want to achieve. Yeah. yeah. So, Talking about like batteries and stuff like this, your mm-hmm. specifically Red Tent Sisters, your mm-hmm. line online that you offer, Ecosex, yeah. mm-hmm. you're big on like rechargeable, big on materials coming from ethical and uh, non toxic places, stuff yeah. like this. Yeah. Does Hitachi follow that? Like, at least in their new model? Are yeah, they, so the, the new one, yeah, the new one is rechargeable and it's got the silicone head on it. And their stuff is good quality. Like, they've been around for a long time and yeah. they, they have a warranty with them. Yeah. I mean, our policy comes from a few things. So one is that right around the time that we opened Red Ten Sisters, yeah. um, our mom was diagnosed with estrogen-dependent breast cancer. Really? Um, oh, so we were that. really, really fascinated um, with what were the ways that we could um, feel more empowered in terms of what could we do to prevent us ourselves from getting breast cancer. Right. Um, and one of the big things is the fact that there's phthalates in our environment. And there's so many estrogen um, things that, that, that wreak havoc on our hormones. And so like that what, was, for example, just why you mentioned Oh, that. yeah. So so in terms of um, um, hormone disruptors, I mean, the birth control pill is it's an obvious the one. most. Is the yeah. most. I mean, and it's also ending up in our water systems. There's all kinds of problems with it. Um, so, I mean, that's the big one. But, I mean, phthalates are an endocrine disruptor. And the phthalates are the plastic um, or the chemical used to soften plastics. Okay. And that's in everything. It's like it's in your shower curtains. It's in your you know Tupperware. It's in all that kind of stuff. Right. And, and sex toys. And sex toys. And what we always say is like you cannot eliminate it entirely. We live in a world where we do not have control over everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the areas that we can control. Can control. So that was one of them. So that was why it was so so 
top of mind when we opened Red Ten Sisters right. was because of our mother. Okay. And also because Amy had just had her daughter, Matea, and this is something that a lot of people are concerned about with kids. Like they're, They've banned phthalates from a lot of kids' toys because okay. they're worried about the high concentrations in like very porous because kids are putting things in their mouth. Everything's mouths. in their mouth. Yeah. And so we're just thinking, okay, if we're concerned about kids, then why are we not why concerned about uh, sex toys? Yeah. And so, but that also ties in, I feel like, generally speaking, the companies that are concerned about the material are also concerned about, are these products actually designed to be used? Right? Which <laughs> are is they novelty items? Exactly. Because um, they're actually, sex toys um, are designed as novelty items. That's how they're classified by the government. Okay. Um, which is cool if you're buying one, like, as a gay gift for a, yeah. you know, steak party or whatever. But most yeah. of the time, people are actually using these products, or at least you hope they are. Hopefully. Hopefully they're not all like my poor little rabbit sitting in the bedside. <laughs> right. But most of us are using these toys, and so I want to make sure we're buying from companies that actually test their products and make sure yeah. that they're going to do what they say they're going to do, and they're not going to end up in landfill, and are looking at people's bodies, because I feel like oftentimes sex toys are not really made with our bodies in mind and what's actually going to be pleasurable. Which is so odd. Which is so ridiculous. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so I feel like for us, it sort of encapsulates all those different things, of yeah. also, and also just supporting companies that are... Smaller companies. Smaller companies, and sex-positive companies, because I feel like we get these catalogs filled with and just the way that they're marketing this stuff and yeah. like I just feel like energetically to be buying from them does not feel as good for me so that's that's part of why we came up and it's right. quite niche so what are some of your your favorite uh, products or favorite companies I am for uh, these reasons yeah, yeah I love Happy Valley they are like, yes. the sweetest company so yeah Happy I bought Val- a, I bought a butt plug two butt plugs from Happy Valley from the, your store aw. actually yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, they, they make the best butt plugs in back in the day yeah yeah um, so a few reasons why I love them so they're made in Peterborough so mm-hmm. for those of you who are in Ontario very local yeah. they are made by a couple who are perhaps the sweetest people you will ever meet like they used to bring strawberries when they like brought up <laughs> like they would come into Toronto and drop off our order and be like oh we just picked up these strawberries by the side of the road when we drove in for you um, and they're just like they just so genuinely passionately care about what they're doing and I feel like that comes across in their products oh, that's great. Um, but and then also from a practical perspective they're 100% silicone so they can be boiled so especially for anal toys yeah, that's really really boiled. important because uh, I think you remember maybe my bed post oh. episode where I talked about the butt plug that I used that was not so good. That oh, yeah. did not have the flare base and ended up getting lost inside of yeah. me. And that was anal toys, flared flare base, base, anal toys, flared <laughs> I base. I feel like if I can do nothing else with my business, that's another topic I love to talk about, actually, is, is anal sex. Yeah. Because there's so many misconceptions, and it's one of the few areas of sexuality um, where you actually can do something wrong and end up hurting someone. Right, right. Or hurting yourself. Yeah. Right, yeah. Because um, with sex, I mean, generally I'm all about, like, experiment, play, don't worry there's about nothing wrong. Wrong. You wrong. can't do. Yeah, but with, with there's anal, no right way. There's no right way. It's just all what, what feels good. Um, but with anal sex, there's, there's a right and wrong. There's way. a right way and there's a wrong way. And <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you, one without a flared base that's not properly cleaned is not, <laughs> not the right way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, as we're we're starting to wrap up here right, already. Oh my god! Right. Okay, I've got two good summation questions. All right. What is one of the most common problems people have when it comes to sex that they bring to you? Oh, that they bring to me specifically. So yeah. I think the big one is is women not being able to orgasm specifically with a partner. Which is um, BS. Which is BS, <laughs> yeah. Um, and as we've talked about, I really try and reframe that in terms of like, there are lots of other things you can be doing. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, getting back to the things I'm passionate about yeah. is I feel like it's often indicative of this bigger problem. And I feel like in our society that we've made huge strides and there's still a lot of work left to be done for women. And particularly that women don't feel like they deserve to 
to have pleasure and that they deserve to have as much um, yeah. to take up as much space yeah. so things like women feeling like it takes them too long to orgasm or all these things I'm like yeah. I feel like that stems from a bigger problem like going like even related to the whole like, man spreading like men are all cool to like spread out and take up space and I feel like women metaphorically and literally have a hard time taking up space and I work really really hard to try and undo that especially because that's something that I feel like I suffer from and so I feel like through that work then I'm also benefiting yeah yeah um I don't know if you can sum up this in a uh soundbite I have just written what's the key to great sex Kim (laughs) no pressure at all thanks Erin I'm the worst. <laughs> but I feel like, can I try to answer? No, I, please I, go for I it. I feel like trust, yeah. uh, communication, communication, and comfort. Yeah, there you go. You just answered it for me. Thank yeah? You. Oh, I'm the best. <laughs> no, the best. I went from the worst to the best in like 10 <laughs> seconds. Uh, Kim, can you please tell us where uh, we can reach you? Where can we find you for all the listeners? Yeah, for sure. So our main website is redtensisters.com. Uh, and then you can also find our products on ecosex.ca. We're also on all the social media, oh, yeah. uh, Red Tent Sisters. Once again, this has been Kimberly Sedgwick of the Red Tent Sisters. I am Erin Pym. To find out more about the Bedpost stage show, go to facebook.com slash bedposterotica. I have a personal blog with over 100 erotic short stories. If you're into that, that's at erinserotica.com. And lastly, the Bed Post podcast features original music by Stephanie Copeland, who can be reached at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com.